0: This is Limit Up, the place where we explore markets, strategies, and trading psychology to take your trading to the next level.
1: Hey, traders, this is Eddie Horn from Top Step Trader, and this is Limit Up. This is where we talk with traders, market participants, trading psychologists to help you improve your trading. Uh, we got new episodes every week, so make sure, let me say that again, make sure you subscribe via iTunes or Google Play. I'm joined here again today with Dan Hodgman, one of our performance coaches at Top Step Trader. And I say a big hello to our Marine Dan. How are you doing, Dan? Eddie, I'm great. How are you? Good, Dan. Uh, today on the podcast, we're talking with Anna Cooling, a Forex trader and author who specializes in volume price analysis. We're going to talk a little bit about her approach to trading Forex, and, you know, we're even going to get into crypto. Before we get into this interview, can you set the stage a bit on what volume price analysis is for someone that may just be getting started trading? Absolutely, Eddie.
0: Uh, Volume price analysis looks at how the market's price is moving in relation to the volume or that market participation at that price. Uh, So this is essentially ninth grade economics of Mm -hmm. supply and demand. Right. Right. Moves are going to be uh, volume and price, telling us whether the market is eager to buy
1: or anxious to sell. Now, I agree with you there, Dan. Now, Dan, uh, do me a favor. You stick around. Stick around and join me after the interview to break down a uh, break it down a bit. It'd be my pleasure. All right. All right. So, well, here's my conversation with trader and author and superwoman Anna Cooling. <laughs> Anna Cooling has been involved in the financial markets for almost 20 years, both as a trader and an investor. Her trading career started in the futures market back in the dark ages, before the Internet when placing an order meant calling the broker, who in turn spoke to the floor of the exchange. A stressful exercise made worse by the general unreliability of technology of the day. Now, Since then, uh, she's traded virtually every market and instrument. As an independent trader, she was fortunate to have started her journey with an understanding and then leveraging the power of volume, price, Relationship to determine market direction. Uh, it's very nice to have with us here today, Anna Cooling. Hello, Anna.
2: Eddie. Hello. How are you today?
1: Very well. Very nice to have you here with us. And I was excited uh, that uh, you did. Give us the green light on uh, giving a call and talking about theories, your methodologies. Uh, we'll be talking about some of the books that you have out available and uh, lots of other good things.
2: You know, thank you very much for, for having me on today. It's, it's always you know it's lovely to catch up again with you and uh, and the opportunity to uh, to talk about uh, you know what I do and and how I can share uh, what I've learned in the last. Uh, uh, You know, 20 years, and you know, you've mentioned the books and and you know how we started. But as you said in the introduction, I suppose the 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 luckiest break for myself and both my husband David is that when we decided to try and make sense of the financial markets, as I said back in the in the dark ages, we were very lucky, and it was. Really fluke that the the person um, who uh, who taught us, who introduced us uh, to to the financial markets, used this this approach whereby it was understanding the relationship between price action and volume, volume in the sense of activity, participation, and really, um, it's we've actually built on that over over the years because with volume understanding the relationship between volume and price all you need is a chart you just need a chart that has that is displaying the price action and a volume the volume histogram at the bottom and what we've discovered what we very quickly discovered is that you can it can be applied to all markets and to all time frames it took us a little while if you like to to develop this further because um we then you know through our own efforts and through our own learning if you like we then uh took this several stages further for uh, for example we use candlesticks um we use uh candles and candle patterns support and resistance is also a very important element of volume price analysis or vpa for short and also the um, time is also hugely important in the sense that um, understanding your time horizon, being very aware that of the price cycle in the different time frames, a price cycle on a five-minute chart is identical in the sense of how it cycles through is identical to what happens on, on a monthly chart. And sometimes what we found particularly quite, quite difficult to grasp initially was that um, we would see something on a, on, a, on a faster time frame, and yet it seemed to contradict what was going on in a slower time frame. And this is where As a trader and an investor, you have to be very, very disciplined in restricting yourself to the time frame that suits you. That can be because of your personality or it could be because of the time that you have available. And often, and we made this mistake many times before in the past, where you you look at a trade in, in your preferred time frame. It doesn't go the way it is, you want it to go. You look at a slower time frame and it suddenly becomes a strategic investment. And it's simply because you can't face the fact that maybe you were just incorrect in your analysis and you cannot bring yourself to cut that trade because you think, oh, well, actually, in the daily time frame, it's really going in the right direction. I'll just leave it on there and leave it there and wait to, for it to, uh, to develop. And I think... If uh, we were very guilty of that right at the beginning, as I said, and it's simply because you can't face the fact that a you've made a mistake, and um, you know you think, oh well, it'll it'll work out. And sometimes I have to say, Eddie, it did. Right. You know, let's be honest about it. <laughs> sure. You know, we were on the faster timeframes, and things things do have a habit of working out. But
1: no, Anna. Let me ask you something about the charts. Sure. Now, how long did it take you to to filter out and find what worked for you? I know that when we talk to some uh, some traders and such, uh, they're always mentioning that uh, they've got this and they're looking at this and they've got this with this chart and that. And sometimes it's just an overabundance of uh, indicators. Uh, was that a problem that you had starting out?
2: no because the the thing is if you start with the the basic premise of understanding price action and understanding the cycle that price action uh, 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 goes through and then you uh put it together with volume that is your that is your bedrock now to that you can then bring in appropriate indicators and they could be standard indicators or proprietary indicators but if you don't understand i mean just to give you an example, um, we all know um, prices is trend. You will you hear the things that the trend is, is your friend. But unless you know right. when you think, a tr- you know, is actually the chart you're looking at, is it actually trending? Is it a trend with volatility? Is it a trend with volatility and momentum? Or actually, is it a congestion period? And even a congestion period can be with volatility or it can be without volatility. And one of the elements of uh, volume price analysis is really being able to identify what the chart is doing at a particular time. Now, those That description that I gave you is what David and I call the C state. It was the best way we could describe what you are seeing on a chart in any particular time frame. a classic one comes out of the Forex market. The Forex market is 24-hour market, but it is actually three very distinct time zones. So in the Asian session, a lot of the pairs will simply be, they, they're not going anywhere, they're in a congestion. They're in a congestion phase without volatility. Just, there, isn't, there's in, there's in, there is insufficient participation to move the price one way or another. As soon as the London Open comes, there is a burst of activity. Traders join, um, uh, you know, the, the the markets, and the price will go, will break away from that congestion period. And the classic example this morning was on the cable. You look at the thirty minute chart, and suddenly there's a burst of um, uh, um, of activity. There was a, a fantastic waterfall, uh, rising volume, falling prices. And every, you know, and away we go. Uh, um, you know, the fantastic trade. As soon as we, uh, the session then moves into coming up to the New York session, a total about face. The New York session is the deepest liquidity. You've got three tight. You've got three uh, major financial centres involved. Again, purely on the price action, fantastic hammer candle. Some traders call it a pin bar. This is where the price dips down and then comes up again, a ton of volume underneath it, what is that going to tell you? The price is only going to go one way. And in fact, cable reversed both sentiment, price action, and it was all verified and validated with volume because ultimately, with volume, what it does, it validates the price or it highlights an anomaly. But as I said, you have to be aware of the different time zones, uh, the levels of participation in the markets. Globex is another classic example. If you look at the indices during the overnight session, participation is obviously much lower. But the price, there are still trades that you can take. As soon as new, uh, the New York session starts, there's a huge explosion of activity and participation. So, you know, to going back to what you were saying – And indicators that's purely using price action and volume now when a chart is in a congestion uh, phase it's also being able to understand which indicators you will work and are more effective in that phase of of price action so if a chart is in a congestion phase and you like to use moving averages, maybe one or two. you only have to look at your chart and you can see the moving averages will kind of you know wrap around each other okay. so if you're looking for um, a moving average crossover in a congestion phase, you'll be cut to ribbons all the time I
1: don't like so that. no,
2: no. <laughs> so what VPA does what VPA does it first of all it helps you identify the phases of price action. It will help you identify whether a price move is genuine or not. It will help you um, establish whether the indicators that you are using are actually appropriate for that phase of price action. Does that make sense?
1: Yes. I've got a question for you. Sessions, what's your favorite session?
2: for us it it will be the london session because it, it's where we're based we're in the, right. the uk anyway so we're actually very fortunate uh, and we also know they do they play the same tricks every time so uh, our our students our traders we always say to them if you're in a trade as you're coming up to the open of a session london or new york and you're on the faster charts In in all honesty, you're almost better off coming out and waiting because inevitably you will always have – because you've got another bunch of traders coming in who have a completely different view on risk, on on sentiment, and whether they want to buy that currency pair or they want to sell that currency pair. And you never know which way they're going to go. So you might as well – as I said – the Cable was uh, was was classic. It was heavily, heavily sold uh, from the London session, moving into New York. It was a beautiful trade, and it and it looked like it suddenly reversed. Right. But it was there on the chart, if you could, you know, if you understood what you were looking at. But also the fact New York is coming along. You don't know how they're going to react.
1: Right. Yeah, now, Anna, depending on the market depth, uh, traders use some platforms may not give all the data. Now, limiting the volume data to only limit orders and, and leaving out market orders. What volume data do you use?
2: Right, um, that's a, a good question. With 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 the spot forex market, you are um, restricted to what your broker is going to deliver. For example, we have Ninja Trader, we have the Kinetic uh, feed. I know. Ninja is a, a platform that a lot of traders use, and I am looking at a tick volume. It's a proxy for volume with the stocks and with uh, the commodities. I believe that is the the exchange volume, so it is real volume in, in inverted commas. And there's there is a huge debate about tick volume and whether it's valid or not, uh, and you know, whether you can actually use volume price analysis as a methodology. But honestly, Eddie, you know, even accepting the fact that it's not going to be 100 percent, David and I have never found it to be invalid. The only thing we would say is that if you're not going to use a good quality feed, such as the Kinetic, and you're dependent on on just a standard broker feed, you can determine um, the quality of that feed. There are um websites out there where brokers actually list their liquidity providers here I'm talking about spot forex
1: okay all right now you, you mentioned Vpa volume price uh you mentioned that uh earlier before the podcast that uh you used the Wyckoff system based on Richard Wyckoff
2: and his three laws can you can you sort of run through these three laws sure Sure. As I said, we've, you know, we make no, we don't claim to have invented this methodology. We don't claim that it's, um, you know, it's something that we have suddenly, you know, uh, d- discovered for ourselves. It is, it's very much built on the legacy of, you know, the trade, the great traders of the past. Richard Wyckoff in particular, there's also another one. You may have heard of Richard Ney as well. He was also, um, he was also, um, he was a, a whole, a Hollywood actor, actually, and he became a—he uh, uh, got involved in the financial markets when his uh, career came to to an end. But Richard Wyckoff um, formulated these laws to explain why prices do what they do. And there's three laws: there's the uh, first law of supply and demand, the second law of cause and effect, and the third law of effort versus result. And they are actually very, very straightforward. If you take the first law of supply and demand and you broadly say that those are the sort of accumulation and distribution periods, the phases of, uh, that you see on a chart, the second law is cause and effect. And we take that to be the congestion phases. And what the second law does is it brings the element of time in and basically says that if um, – if the um, if, if the cause is is long, if you if if a chart is in congestion for a long period of time, then when the price moves away, it's going to need a lot of effort. So you've got you're bringing in. A, It's sort of like breakaway, breakout trading, and the more a chart is in a congestion phase, and as long as you've got volume to support it, then the move will be genuine and it won't be a fake-out. And the third law of effort and result is exactly as it says. Basically, if you have a, um, a price move, it has to be supported with activity, with volume. If it isn't supported, then it is an anomaly. And if you have a big move, you have to have big volume to go uh, with it as well. So it's really very, very straightforward, Um, as I said. And once you see this on a chart, you will be able to, first of all, spot the anomalies. And secondly, it will give you the confidence to know that that uh, price move is actually genuine or not.
1: Okay. Now, Anna, you mentioned using uh, candlesticks and so forth uh, instead of price bars and yes. um, understanding the significance of wicks. Now, some of us just look at it and say, oh, well, you know, a wick, that's where the price was. Where's the body of the candlestick? That's where we are right now. But explain the reason that you're using candlesticks and that significant uh, significance of the wicks
2: the most um, classic candles. One of them are, if you like, the up thrust or the shooting star, and the the opposite of that is the hammer candle. Uh, Some people call it, they call them pin bars. And essentially, the hammer candle is always at the bottom of a move, and a shooting star is always at the top of a move. And it doesn't matter whether that's on a one-minute, five-minute daily chart, monthly chart. And the reason the wicks are important is when you look at the volume that is underneath it. So, for example, you going back to this cable uh, uh, move that we had this morning, there was a, a classic waterfall in the sense that the price just kept falling and falling, uh, uh, nice little neat candles and rising volume, which is what we want to see because a price, a market Needs volume to go up, but it also needs volume to go down you don 't want to see the anomaly where prices are falling and the, uh, and, and, and the volume is falling so the, the, uh, the move came to an end, and the chart posted a hammer candle and it 's almost like the chart is hammering out a bottom. Underneath that candle was a ton of volume, huge. The volume bar was, uh, was uh, much, much greater than the preceding uh, volume bars. And what that tells you is the price is then being supported and the depth of the wick and the depth of the, of the volume bar. The greater the wick, the greater the volume. That gives you the confidence to know that it is likely that that price move moving down has actually, you know, it's, At the very least, it's come to a pause. Now, whether it's going to reverse off that candle, off that one candle, you're never going to know. Now, what was interesting on cable today was we had a V-shaped reversal. We've seen V-shaped reversals before in the indices, not on this occasion with the big meltdown that we had in February because of, you know, VIX and what have you. But if you recall, maybe the last two occasions, I think one was when around when Donald Trump was um, came, uh, was it the president was, was elected president? If you remember, there were, markets just went completely haywire. Right. And there, if you look on the indices, you'd have to look back on the daily chart. You actually see V-shaped reversals. They're quite rare. They're not. that's not the general norm. What tends to happen is the hammer candle is the first signal that the the heavy pressure of selling is now coming to an end. And that wick, the depth of that wick gives you an indication of how strong that, uh, you know, that, that reversal is likely to be. And the the inverse happens at the top. What happens with the shooting star is again on heavy volume. The price has tried to rise. The, the, um, the buy, you know, the buying pressure has, has, there's been an attempt to move the price higher and higher. And it, they just become, it becomes overwhelming and the price then collapses back, usually near the open or with a very, very small body. So those are the classic candles. A doji candle is where you have a very small body in the middle of a candle and you have big wicks either side and you usually underneath it, you have a ton of volume. What that candle is telling you is that during the session of that candle, there's been a lot of two way price action. It's like a tug of war. The price has been pulled one way and then another. And that's what you're seeing. Now, what a doji candle tells you, a lot of traders will say, when you see a doji, you're going to see a reversal because you get dojis at the bottom. You can get them halfway up a trend towards the top of a trend, bottom of a trend. They appear all over the place. But what a doji tells you is not that you're going to have a reversal. You may get a reversal, but what you're seeing is indecision. And in the sense that there has been this tug of war, but there's no overall winner. But from a trading perspective, on a faster – so, for example, if you see a doji candle on a daily chart and you look down on the faster time frame, there have been some great trading opportunities, but to both sides of the market. And what the, at the end of the session, there's no overall uh, 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 winner, if you like. So, the right. doji – those three, those three candles, and if if your listeners just look at those three candles, but look at the volume underneath it, it will tell them an awful lot of what is likely to happen next.
1: Now, you, you mentioned the tug of war. We see that a lot, uh, a lot throughout the day. Now, as uh, for example, as Volume of sellers is increasing, but price is being supported by buyers. Eventually, sellers will give up and buyers will gain ground and price will move up. As price moves again to this area and then through this level, uh, can you describe why this level may act as resistance in this area?
2: if we go back to wyckoff's laws when i said the law of supply and demand accumulation and distribution at the bottom where you have a hammer candle and the prices uh, you know has stopped falling you are beginning to see a uh, uh, you begin to see the the start of an accumulation period so that the so that the price will go back now support and resistance is a huge part of volume price analysis and mm-hmm. there's all sorts of reasons why a price will stall at a particular resistance or a stop at a particular support level. Now, in in the spot forex market, it could be there's old – how can I put it? There are old orders there. There are – I mean, you know fibonacci is a hugely important um important indicator that so many traders uh you know use so that they use these uh the support and resistance lines to mark you know to put some kind of geometry to the chart and that's there's any number of reasons. Also in, in Spot Forex, we have the order boards. These are orders that the banks have put out there where they're looking to buy and sell. We have the option expiries, which are huge contracts. These, um, expire every day at the New York cut. So there's, there's, There'll be any number of reasons why when a price goes back to an old area, either of support and resistance, right. congestion phases. Um, a congestion phase, if you look at it from the um, point of view of market profile, you're looking at an area where traders have transacted and they're not really interested in moving the price one way or another. And the other reason it hits the support and uh, resistance line is, is the price waiting for um, a news release? I mean, one of we've been talking about tech, the technical analysis approach that David and I have to our trading and investing, but that's only one element. We all start with technical analysis, but... That doesn't sit in a vacuum. Around that, we also have to consider the fundamental uh, news, but we also look at related markets for sentiment and, and, and risk. So, as I said, it's it's not a, a you know the three D book. It's not a one dimensional look at the markets. It's very much a three dimensional approach.
1: Okay. No I um, just wanted to ask you about this uh, fantastic cooling uh, husband and wife team. Who is this, David?
2: Oh, he's only someone I've known for 40 years. <laughs> Tell us about him. He's, he's amazing. He's absolutely amazing. He, he originally, the, when we first started um, in the markets, it was something he was going to do. And then I got so fascinated uh, by us as, as well, and we we just we just really work well together. We're very very different in temperament, personality, and approach to. Uh, we have about I think we've got f- four accounts running at the moment. I have two, and he has two. And I can tell you, uh, we just approach the markets very very differently. I mean, David. The best way I can describe David as a trader. He he trades a lot. Very much in the way he used to play sport. He was a great rugby player and and cricket and cricketer. It was never say die. If you were, you know, if you were on the losing, if you were on the losing side, it would, he would be come out and be very aggressive. So it was do or die, basically. And, uh, as I said, it's, uh, that's how he, he looks at a trade. He's utterly fearless. He doesn't, um, I, I don't. I don't fear the market is. Uh, but he has very strict risk and, and money management uh, uh, rules and protocols. But as I said, it's. Uh, he's. He's, uh, he's. He's never been afraid to, um, uh, you know, to nail nail his colours to the mast and put his money where his mouth is. Basically, to use, you know, um, mixed metaphors. Of
1: course, I love that. Play to win or don't play at all you are an author of many books and uh, these some of these books that uh, when we talked uh, a few years ago some books that are available on amazon uh, complete guide to volume price analysis uh, you've also have the three dimensional approach to forex trading forex for beginners uh, you've got the binary options unmasked what else what else do you have there on the on the shelves
2: they They were there. They were put up a a few years ago, but in the in the last few months, um, primarily because I get hundreds and hundreds of emails from traders who are, um, you know, very grateful that you know the books are out there. It's helped them enormously with. um, Turning their trading around, or at least making sense of what they can see on the chart. But one of the questions we always asked is, is you know, could you analyse this chart? They'd send me a, a you know a chart, or they'd say, well, have you got some more worked examples? So I sat down and I thought, right, well, what can we do? What can I do? And um, the three books are there.'s two follow up books. Okay. One to the complete guide, which is over two hundred worked examples of, of stocks. Uh, primarily from, in fact, all from the U.S. stock stock markets. There's some indices, there's some commodities, and they are really in all time frames. And the charts there are just simply price and volume, no indicators, no moving averages, no proprietary indicators, as I said, because the beauty of this approach is once you get a handle on what you're looking at, you can then apply You can use Elliott Wave, you can use Fibonacci, you can use uh, GAN, you can use moving averages. It really doesn't matter. It's whatever makes your life easier with the indicators. So those are 200 odd examples for that. And then the second book is the similar exercise, but purely for the forex market. And that's spot forex and futures as well. And the third book. Was something that uh, David and I talked about, and we thought, you know what, cryptocurrencies, everyone went bananas with it before Christmas, as you're probably aware, with Bitcoin. So the book is Trading and Investing in Cryptocurrencies Using Volume Price Analysis, because if you actually look at the daily chart of Bitcoin, what we have just before Christmas and going into January, we had a climatic top. Now, a a climatic top is when you know there is a major, major reversal coming. And if you you only have to look at it from a, a VPA perspective to know, that once that price hit 18, what, what did it get to? 20,000. 20, huge yeah. amount. Mm-hmm. It was only going to go one way, Eddie. It really was only going to go one way. And then what we also had, you had the media hype, you had the fear of missing out. And just right. to give you an example, um, I have emails from all sorts of. I went to see my osteopath yesterday and we you know he found he knows what we do and we said to him we talked about everybody asks you about cryptos and i said oh you know did you oh he said yeah my my son and i we we bought a little bit just before christmas i said oh right and you know completely not wiped out but it's not worth as much as it was when he bought a sort of fear of the fear of missing out and then we had our pc um uh, repaired last week, and we have a couple of young guys locally, real geeks. And of course, as soon as they come <laughs> to see us here, they look at all the screens, and we've got one, two, three, four, five. We've got eight screens, and they clearly know we're up to something. And and he's a, a typical geek. I can assure you know he's very bright. But and, and we, t- we said, oh, cryptos, and the books were out, and we said, oh, did you get involved? He said, yes, I was mining them five years ago. Oh, so. Uh, and I said, "Oh, how do you do? It? How many? How many did you manage to mine?" He said, three. <laughs> but it was five years ago.
1: Yeah, that, yeah, five. That's when it was probably what three, four hundred dollars. If that's if, right. If that. That's so.
2: right. But if you look at the if you look at the chart. Forget all the hoo-ha that's going And you look at, I appreciate with Bitcoin, there's all sorts of different exchanges. But if you look, um, we use the charts over at Trading View and you look at the volume profile and the price, you can pretty, and you know what you were looking at. It was due for an, you know, a, a really strong move higher, but all the buying occurred, we, you know, long, long before the climatic top. We saw it in gold. Gold is a much better example. When gold went to $1,800 an ounce, that was another climatic top. And at a top, and in fact, I've got a fantastic quote from um, from Jesse Livermore, his actual words, which explains it's this fear of missing out that people, that traders always, they always go in, they always buy at a top and they sell at a, at a bottom, and I sure. hope with volume price analysis I'm not saying it's the perfect timing tool because there's no such thing, but at least it will give you a sense of do you know what I've really got to stand back here and as Warren said, Warren Buffett, you know you've got to be greedy when others are fearful and fearful when others are greedy, and that's really hard to do
1: right all right I agree with you completely now you're talking about Bitcoin. And, I mean, you know, Anna, it was running, and it, it was it was on the bull. It wasn't looking back. Uh, all of a sudden, it seems the government stepped in, uh, call it the regulation, and everything sort of cooled off a little bit. Now, just recently in the news, uh, the G20 got together, and that was one of the topics that came up. And, you know, they didn't uh, agree to it or, or – deny it but they said that they're going to keep an eye on it now god if if anything has been the most debated is is bitcoin going to stick around is it is it gonna is it gonna catch um obviously you're putting time and uh effort into researching and looking into bitcoin so i would take it that you are favoring uh that bitcoin will stay around
2: I think I think we have to do. I think you have to differentiate between Bitcoin and the technology, and what is actually happening at the back end. Because if you look at the blockchain, the technology, there's there's all sorts of there's all sorts of um, themes uh, uh, surrounding this. But if we separate out the Bitcoin bit itself and look at the right. technology, the blockchain, that is going to be around. And in the book. Um, I'll just give you an example of, uh, of where this technology is going to really revolutionize our lives. And one of the examples I give is in the is in the travel agent, is in the travel business. Um, in health, it has enormous potential, the technology itself. Bitcoin is I wrote a post about Bitcoin a couple of months ago, and I, I dared to, to suggest that it was on the slide. And, you know, if, if I very carefully said the post, and if it got through certain support levels, you could be looking at 4,000 and even back to double figures, and dare I say, even single figures. But, you know, it all depends on what the chart you know, was uh, what would be happening on the chart. I got absolutely excoriated. I have never been trolled so much in my life, and I thought, it. Oh, oh, With geez. Bitcoin, it 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 raises tremendous passion in peer, in people because it was originally set up as a as a as a way of bypassing, if you like, the central banks, and I don't mean. I'm not talking about the dark web, and I'm not talking about drug dealing. You know, as an alternative uh, to to money, although you know it is used for transaction. I think it was much more been much more a reaction to the the, the mess that the central banks have have made. And the fact is that it appeals. It's a generational thing. It appeals to young people who. Not really, don't know anything about the financial markets, but all they know is that for the last, when was the financial crisis? To 10 years, Eddie, um, the way (laughs) things have eh? been, it's an alternative universe, and it started off with, as I said, it's got it's got elements of um, libertarianism. It's got elements of uh, slightly anarchic. It's going to appeal to young people. It's going to do their their own thing. Whether Bitcoin survives in the in the way it is at the moment, because if you remember that it's a pioneer and is in all markets, as you know, the pioneers don't always. St- they're not necessarily the most successful there may be another token out there which is which eventually will overtake bitcoin but bitcoin is 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 a pioneer so we have to distinguish between bitcoin as a token and the technology and what has happened this has scared the hell out of the regulators they have no clue how are they going to control this this is this nothing it's a it's a bit like the Internet in the in the early days. And I think that's what the um, what the banks and the regulators is. They're still really playing catch up on what is happening. But as I said, the technology is very much here to stay. Whether Bitcoin is going to be in the format that it is at the moment, only time will tell. Only time will tell.
1: Okay. Well, Anna, I appreciate it. Um, now if it's okay with you, I'd like to move sure. to some other questions. Uh, sure. wanted to ask you, uh, if someone came up to you, right, uh, just getting started in the trading business, uh, what would be your best advice to them?
2: The first thing you have to really get to grips with is what I said is the is 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 chart reading and technical analysis. I hope you're going to start with price and price action. And I hope you would also look at its relationship with volume. That is where everybody starts. Once you get to grips with the chart, the price cycle, the three uh, Wyckoff's three laws, and you become confident in your chart reading. The next uh, thing I would suggest is, is gradually then begin to see the price action in the context of the fundamental news. What is driving that price? Obviously, there are traders and investors in their buyers and sellers, but it will also have outside drivers. Each market, so some instruments will be sentiment, driven by sentiment. We look at gold, for example. Other uh, other markets are driven by by fear. So, you know, bonds. Why, why do traders and investors go into bonds? So, you begin to look at the this interrelationship between uh, uh, um, the different markets, the main four capital markets, and then as and then to that you you begin to also, as I said, you, you start to put these relationships together. But a lot of what you're going to focus on after you become proficient in chart reading is really, it depends on your time horizon. So if you're on the faster charts you know, what impact is a particular item of fundamental news going to have on the chart that you may be uh, be trading? Whereas if you're a longer term trader, is that item of fund, is it awfully interesting, but maybe I should be looking at more uh, macroeconomic um, uh, um, uh, news releases, as it were. And that takes time. And you'll never stop learning, but start with the chart, start with price action, hopefully look at you know incorporate volume as well and then you just um you know you start on your journey
1: let me ask you this if you could go back in time and tell yourself one thing as you started out what would that be
2: in terms of what i know things i wish i had known 20 years ago rather than i know now basically
1: one thing that if you could go back in time and you saw the young anna and you said i gotta tell you something
2: i think i think probably i uh, i really hadn't appreciated the the interrelationships between the capital markets if i had known if i'd understand understood more um because as i said we were very heavily focused for many years on purely on the chart whereas had we had a much broader um uh, education if you like a broader knowledge of how all them how all the markets were connected then i think um, that would i would have been hugely you know relieved which is why the books have come about, the, um, and you know the analysis, and we try and do as much as possible to accelerate uh, the the learning curve that uh, that traders and and investors investors have. So really, that was probably the the one thing I would say.
1: All right, and uh, let me ask you, Anna, what's your favorite item, possession, toy? <laughs>
2: Oh gosh, you really have put me on the on, on on spot here. I think probably my mother died um, a few years ago, so it's it's actually what it is. I know it sounds it's a little photograph I have of myself and my mother. Um, we emigrated from um, uh, Italy. And my father came over to this country, to the United Kingdom, as, a, as, an, as, as an immigrant, as, uh, as many people did. And he left my mother and myself behind. And my mother had to travel with me um, from our home just south, south of Rome, completely alone, everything in a trunk, and make this journey. And this was a, a woman who had never left the mountains, made the train journey all the way to Calais, had never seen the sea until she wow. saw you know, that the English channel come over to the UK. And when we arrived, we had, uh, we were known as aliens. We had an alien registration card. And in that alien registration card is a little photograph with my mother. And she's holding, uh, me as as a baby, and I look at the photograph of of my mother, and I see this this t- huge determination in her eyes. To, you know, that she was setting out on a journey. She didn't know where she was going. I trust you, Eddie. And I look at that little photograph, and I look at me as a little little girl, and I look at that, and I think that's I f- I find it very very inspiring. I wouldn't be here doing what I do now if it hadn't been for her decision and it was her decision not my father's i can assure you <laughs> mm. she was the one who decided you know we are going in fact i think she just she she told him we were going to canada she wasn't quite sure where canada was but somehow we ended up in scotland but that's another story <laughs>
1: <Okay>. <laughs> we'll talk about that next time
2: what does but i wouldn't be doing what i do now and have the life i have and you know have my daughter and have, because my husband is um, david is um, also has sweet and french blood and english blood as well in him we wouldn't be doing what we do now so i have to be eternally grateful i would love to say my car and i love my car dearly but you know what it's just a it's just a lump of metal
1: (laughs) you got it all right well uh salute to destiny it's, I'm glad that we uh, we met also and having you on here uh, for a podcast. Now, Anna, um, I know that those that are listening are wondering, where can we find Anna online? Tell us where we can get you online.
2: Right. I will tell you that. May I just, may I just, before I go, very quickly, you know I said I had this little, this work by Jesse Livermore himself. Can Certainly. I just literally lead you one line? Okay. Certainly. Bye. Okay. The way he looked at volume, and he used volume, he was a a tape reader, but he used volume. And this is what he says. A change in volume is an alert signal. It almost always means that there is something afoot, a change, a difference, and an aberration. It therefore always caught Livermore's attention. Was it the volume leading to the blow-off setting the stage for a decline, or was it real interest in the stock ready to drive it? Higher. Livermore never searched for the reason why. He simply took it as a truism that volume was an alert signal. It was happening. That was the why was enough for him. The reasons would be revealed later when the chance to make money was gone. Don't try and figure out why something is happening. Let the market give you the clues. The movement of the stock is empirical evidence. Wait for a later day to figure out the motive. Conversely, if there is heavy volume, but the prices stall and do not go up and make new highs, there is no strong continuation of the current move. Beware. This is often a strong clue, a warning that the stock may have, have topped out. And it goes on and on and on. So that is, that is what I would say um, you know, for traders and investors to be aware of when they are looking at price and volume. And you can read all about it at... Uh, in my books, and just go hop over to anacooling.com and cooling is C-O-U-L-L-I-N-G. The books are there. The indicators that we have developed are there. The analysis is there. And if anybody wants, they can drop me an email, and um, I'll help them if I can. All right, and what's the email address? It's Anna at Anna
1: of course of course anna it's been a pleasure and you're uh, welcome i hope we can get you back here again to do another podcast but uh, otherwise please say hello to david and uh, all the best to both of you and once again thank you very much
2: you're more than welcome eddie and uh, enjoy the rest of the day and i'm sure we'll catch up very very soon
1: all right anna deal all right (laughs) take care thank you bye-bye Dan, talking with Anna was so interesting because there was so much more to the interview than the specifics she shared about her trading style.
0: Yeah, I really enjoyed listening to that, Eddie. That was great. Um, One of the things that really stuck out to me was when she started talking about Richard Wyckoff. Richard, yep. And, you know, I say it time and time again. It's so great. We want to take all this knowledge out there, but what she said, she she had to take this and use it in her own way take all this education and information and use it for make it work for her system not adopt that system and make it Make his system hers. She
1: took it and made it work for Right, her. it's it's you got to do. I mean, uh, pick and choose. Be a sponge. Absorb all your knowledge, all your information, all your education, and then filter out what works for you, and and file away the rest of the stuff. Exactly. We can't we can't have way too many tools. No.
0: We got to find the ones that work for us and focus on that. You got it. You got it. Dan, how about some of the
1: takeaways you got from listening to Anna?
0: Yeah, definitely. I think uh, one of my favorite ones. Number one that stands out to me was her her talk about community, Uh, her conversations. It was really cool watching how close her and her husband, David, worked together, um, even though they have different approaches and different views looking at that market.
1: Yeah, community is, uh, you know, working on the trading floor, community was a big part of learning, uh, a big part of success, a big part of of uh, opening up knowledge and and, uh, I just want to put it out there that uh, we got a Top Step Trader community here for the broadcast and uh, I mean if you're listening and you're looking for a trader community with a broadcast by all means check us out here at Top Step Trader the uh, Top Step Trader squawk uh, and uh, check it out check it out lots of good information uh, educators each and every day and uh, a lot of community knowledge so important that community
0: I can't I push it all the time I'm always talking about how important it is to have people there if even if it is just to talk bounce some ideas off so I, the squawk is just great well thank you Dan it's my pleasure thank you it's my pleasure Eddie how about some uh, more takeaways yeah you know this one it's become consistent every time i sit and talk with you i'm always kind of catching up on catching the disciplines the things that traders are talking about in their discipline she mentions here she's got to stay disciplined to her market her style the time frame she's looking at um, she was constantly pointing that out and it is so important knowing what sessions work for you what sessions don't Making sure the participation participation is there during those sessions, um, you know, trying to trade illiquid products overnight makes no sense. And she points that out. And I think it was, it's so important to be disciplined that this plan worked for me. And here's why X, Y, and Z. And she pointed every single one of those out.
1: Yeah, Dan, you mentioned discipline and and you know, uh, being a trader and being in the business for such a long time. That's something that I don't want hanging on me. I, you know, I, I'm a big boy, Dan. I can <laughs> I, I, I can control this. But the thing is, I'm human and I can't control it. And as you mentioned, you mentioned it a few times, discipline, discipline, discipline. It's such a big factor between success and failure. No doubt. Uh, you see it time and time again, traders,
0: they can make money. You know, and it's pointed out everywhere. Here's how you make money. Here's how you make money. One of the biggest things we don't talk about: how do we control our losses? And when we do lose, or we do step away, deviate from our plan, how do we control that? How do we discipline ourselves? Right. Discipline is the most important thing in this. Right. Risk management. Any other takeaways? Yeah. You know, the one last one I want to point out. It's kind of the 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 evolving one around this whole conversation with her, and it is uh, just the importance of volume. Needing to keep an eye on it one way or another, watching volume, watching market participation uh, is going to give you great insight and great edge in trading.
1: All right, cool. Well, Dan, thanks so much for joining me here again today. It was a pleasure, and I hope to have you back here in this uh, broadcast booth. Thank you, Eddie. It was a pleasure to be here. All right. All right, traders, as always, thank you for spending time with us. Give us feedback on any of our interviews at limitup at topsteptrader.com. And if you got some time, which I know you got some time, please go to iTunes and leave us a review. Thank you so much. See everyone next time. Danny, take care. Thank you, Eddie. I appreciate it. See ya.